This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half-time, but I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by the Riverside Cafe, the perfect place for a pre-match pint. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and a very warm welcome to the Wednesday week, the Sheffield Wednesday, sorry, the original Sheffield, what are we saying here now? I'm really yeah. confused. One of I'm... the Sheffield Wednesday podcasts? It's got to be original, it's got to be original. The original Sheffield, that's going to take some getting used to after five years and chuffing another one, I'll tell you. I apologise for all the podcasts out there, but all these Johnny-come-latelys trying to steal our thunder, it's not on. Uh, the original Sheffield Wednesday podcast, and with me on the line, as you've probably heard, is Mr Marriott. Jamesy, how been? How the chuff are you? I am all right. Back to winning all ways, right. which is um, you know, a big smile on my face today. Is it incredibly sad, and probably not right, that after a Wednesday win, my life seems to improve slightly? Am I inflicting too much of my my hopes and dreams on a game of chuffing football? It's it's wrong, is it? I don't know if everybody else like no. this feels that is. No, I don't think it is, is it? I mean, this is this is why we do football in the first place, isn't it? Is yes. you know, I mean, granted, we probably have more lows than highs, but you know, it's the highs that keep me going. Yeah, but it's just I, I woke up this morning with a spring in my step, and the birds were singing outside, and even though it was a cold, I miserable where day. Where you going with that then? Please, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Well, is I this after the watershed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just lovely, it's nice, and, and I've not felt like this for a while, and it, it's smashing. Uh, but yes, uh, before we move on to the wonderfulness that uh, was uh, yesterday evening, we do have to speak about the Barnsley game as well, because I don't know what went wrong with this one, Jay, do you? It's, I, mean, I, I don't mean to dis- be disrespectful at all to the filthy dingles from the other bit of South Yorkshire, but <laughs> I was expecting to, to trounce them with this, and it, it just didn't happen, did it, Jay? No, it didn't. Um, it, I, it was, it was really frustrating, and it wasn't a particularly nice kind of afternoon, really, because um, no, just nothing really went right. So it was, um, 
I thought I, I lost my one, 100% record on um, Saturday because I did a video for Channel 5 and they didn't use it. Um, <gasps> and yeah, I watched it back on Sunday morning and thought, what, what did you rock? And actually, it was because it was rubbish. Um, <laughs> and they were quite right not to use it. Because the problem was, in the immediate aftermath of the game, trying to come up with something productive to say was, was really difficult. And I, I kind of blamed it on him moving Adam Reach to left-back um, and, and that everything went wrong after that. But, I mean, we had no choice. He had to move Reach to left-back because we haven't got anyone else that could play left-back. So, mm. yeah, it was a silly thing to um, to blame it on. It's only kind of after you've you know had a good sleep and in the cold light of day you look at it and you say, well, did we really do that much wrong in that game or was it just one of those games where particularly first half, I mean, their keeper pulled off, pulled off a few worldlies, didn't he? Um, you know, we, we should have, we should have been out of sight to be fair by half time. We should have got at least two or three, um, if not more, to be honest. I mean, we, we battered them in the first half, uh, but it was one of those games where things just didn't, you know, they, they didn't land in the back of the net. Um, you know, it doesn't excuse the fact that the second half, we really allowed Barnsley to come back into it, uh, and we did seem quite flat um, for long parts of the second half. And it, and it reminded me of, of how I felt when I was watching the Bolton game, where I just thought we just we just don't seem to have any ideas. We just don't seem to be able to come up with something that Barnsley just can't deal with. You know, they were they were kind of dealing with everything. Um, so yeah, frustrating. A frustrating afternoon. I, I'm not doing the Carlos in or out thing here, but. After the game, Carlos said, we fight, we run, we play with big commitment, with big hearts, we create chances. Uh, I don't think I saw big commitment and big heart in the Barnsley game. Am I wrong, Jay? I mean, the players obviously were trying, but maybe I don't think big commitment and big heart is what I'd describe as as what was happening on the pitch that day. I I don't know. I mean, uh, I've got an issue with... Carlos's post-match interviews at the moment I have for a while because he seems to talk in a lot of cliches and not actually say anything that says anything if that makes sense you know he's become one of those uh, managers who can talk for 10 minutes without actually saying anything uh, which is a hell of a skill in its own to be fair but not one that we kind of need at the at the moment and um, yeah I don't know I I, I... I thought, as I say, I thought first half we played some nice stuff at, at times and we looked pretty good. And then we just kind of ran out of steam and it was, um, dare I say, kind of same old story really. Just kind of same thing that we've been used to recently where we, yeah, we didn't have that kind of that heart, that passion, that desire to break them to break them down. And, um, you know, arguably in the end we were actually probably fortunate to come away with a point really because they, mm. I'm sure we'll talk about it in a bit, but they seem to have, Perfectly good goal ruled out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've got. I, I'm a bit. I'm a bit bored of Carlos's cliches. And you know, once upon a time, he's kind of like meets on the fire and stuff like that was was kind of cute and stuff. And now it's just like, just just come out and just say we just we, we weren't good enough and we should have won. Just say it. You know, I, I said more yeah. in five seconds there than Carlos did in five minutes. <laughs> 
see if maybe if you do some some meets on the fire and some playing with heart and passion and things, your, your five videos will, will get popped on the telly there, Jay. Maybe you have to be a bit more Carlos to get the press interested. Um, <laughs> the actual uh, starting team itself, did, did you agree with that for this particular game? Because obviously we, we spoke about it numerous times before and Carlos seems to speak about it a lot. The picks of players for that particular game, there wasn't a massive amount of change. Obviously there was the enforced Lubens changed after that debacle. Um, and that was about it really, wasn't it? And obviously we'll, we'll come on to it in a minute or two, but the, the Millwall game, I think it was a, a better lineup. I don't know what you obviously you mentioned that we had nobody else to play left back. We've we've had Fox sat on the bench for a while now, not doing a great deal. In fact, I don't think he wasn't sat on the bench, was he for um, for Barnsley? No. Um, but I mean, after seeing the Millwall game, because I thought I mean we'll come into it properly in a moment or two. But um, seeing um, Reach and, and Fox on the left in the Millwall game, I thought it was fantastic. Um, is that something you think we better have been lacking slightly? Oh, do you disagree? Am I just talking crap again? No, completely agree. I think that that consistency down that that wing has um, has kind of crept up on us as being a bit of an issue because you know we've moved Reach around um, all over the shop really, haven't we? You know, I mean, I say all over the shop, but kind of up the wing, down the wing. Um, you know, even against against Derby, he started on the wing and ended up moving back to left back, and then against Barnsley, started on the wing, ended up moving back to to left back um, and actually on my list of things to mention tonight is the potential of the Fox Reach partnership which sounds a little bit like a housing association that's going to you know build like <laughs> a thousand the Fox Reach partnership is pleased to announce the building of 100 new homes in Waverley um, so I, I think I think there's this huge potential in and yeah as you say you know we'll, we'll talk more about the Millwall game in um, in a bit but I, I do think that we lack that. I do think that we lack that consistency down that side. And I think the, the, there is a really important thing issue here, which is that, um, you know, we, we kind of, I, I tweeted on Saturday morning joking about who's going to win Carlos left-back bingo this week because Fox obviously played pretty well against Derby, even though he played most of the game at, at centre-half, but he did all right. Therefore, obviously, he gets dropped out of the 18 altogether for the next game. And it's kind of like, what? where's obviously. the logic in, in, in that? It seems it seems weird to do that, to just bring Poodle, who's not even been getting on the bench, um, straight back into uh, the team. And, and the I think the best kind of wing partnerships are the ones that are given time to build up an understanding. And we can all think about uh, King and Worthington in the 90s being probably the best example. But, you know, there's other ones as well um, of, you know, com combinations down, down the wing that when they really understand each other, um, then it works better because they'll they'll cover for each other. If the fullback bombs on, then the, the the winger will be happy to drop back and do the fullback role when he needs to. But they've got to they've got to really understand how each other works for that to be able to happen. And um, I think you know it, it's very much a Carlos thing, this isn't it? That he he seems to like to rotate his fullbacks, and I've I've never entirely been comfortable with it. But I think maybe now we're seeing a real sign of just what we can get by um, allowing a partnership to form. I mean, I've always been a fan of a, a stable team, but at the same time, a stable team can get a little bit stale. And um, is maybe, again, just putting this out there as a question more than anything else, but is there maybe the Hooper and Fletcher thing after, again, seeing Millwall, 
um, has that become a little bit stale? Is 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 it changing? You because know, we've got a few options there, haven't we? One or two. Um, uh, we, we, Zhao's had his, his, his 10 minutes or so here and there, but he's, he's looked quite handy when he's come on. He's always had a, sort of two or three chances when he's come on, hasn't he? Yeah, he's. Um, I, I think uh, to be fair, Carlos, what he said about Zhao was 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 pretty accurate in terms of the fact that he said, you know, he's he's really starting to bang on the door, and he's you know quite close to to, to kind of staking a real claim for starting. And I think that's I think that's right. I think what we've got to do with with Zhao is just remember that we've kind of been here before. We've had a false dawn with him once, um, and we've got to treat him with kid gloves a little bit. You know, give him give him the opportunity. Uh, when it's right to to do so, and at, at the moment, there is an argument at the moment to kind of say, well, you know, we're in a certain position, and uh, you know, there was no harm against Millwall in just making a load of changes because the team that we've been playing that that Carlos has has pretty much stuck by. There's been the odd change at the back, which has been enforced, but otherwise we've had a fairly um, static lineup. Um, it's not really been doing the goods, has it? So um, you know, there the probably was an argument to maybe just chuck Jow in, uh, but I think. He's he's probably he's probably played about right by keeping Zhao back as that kind of you know that person off the bench that can come on and do something because you know when he came on against Barnsley he he, he looks all right um, and I think every time he's come on recently he's he, he's looked you know pretty handy. Uh, can you do it on a cold winter night in Sheffield? That's the thing. Uh, it's it's a bit odd though because we, it wasn't too long ago that we were maybe asking why Carlos isn't playing a. A, 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 a static team, if you like. We were all saying, obviously, changes every single game, wholesale changes every game, and now he's starting to do it. People, are, well, myself included, obviously, uh, are saying, well, maybe it is time to freshen things up. And it seems whatever Carlos does at the moment, he just can't win, can he? Bless him. He's <laughs> it's, well, it's a bit of an odd situation. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with having a, a fairly settled team is that when that team's winning, it's great. Um, when you've got a fairly settled team and that team's um, consistently losing, then obviously you're going to get criticised for the fact that you're not changing the team. Um, and, and, you know, Carlos, maybe there's uh, an argument there to say that, you know, he's he's right to stand by his guns. You know, he believes in that team and, he you know, he stood by them um, and ultimately they just kind of let him down, you know, they, they just didn't do enough to win the games that he stood by them. So, he, he, you know, it came to kind of a head, didn't it, on Tuesday night where he kind of had to change some things because I, I don't know whether or not the, the, the fan base would have kept patience with kind of same old, same old for um, for another for another game. So, um, you know, it, it it is as simple as really, you know, if you're going to play, a, a, if you're going to have a settled 11, an ideal 11, that's brilliant as long as they go out and win. And if they don't, then you've got to tear it up and start again. And I think going back to the Barnsley game, just to sort of round that up, if you like, we did have some lovely chances. I mean, uh, obviously, Bannon had a, a, a one cleared offline as well, didn't he? We hit the post yeah. as well. And a few good saves from the keeper. So, again, the chances were there. But can we sort of give the Dingles, a, sorry, Barnsley, um, a little bit of uh, credit for defending well, whereas maybe we've been a bit too harsh on our chaps for not actually just mullering them, basically? I, I suppose it's a bit of both, isn't it? I mean, the, there's a couple of chances that you look at it and you just think, how, how did that not go in? Um you know the the um, the Tom Lee's one, where you just think like I mean I don't think the keeper knew anything about that. It it just sort of hit him. Um, you know, and and in the end, actually, the goal that we scored was you know a complete fluke. Um, and it was 
you know, without that, it was destined to be one of those afternoons where we threw everything at them um, and, and, and can't score. For me, the worry was the fact that it just kind of dried up a bit in the second half and we, we didn't, we just didn't look as potent in the in the second half as we had done in the um, in the first. But you're probably right in terms of the fact that we've got to give Barnsley a little bit of credit for the fact that you know they changed things at half time, um, and they kind of shored up their midfield and and it, and it worked for them. And they certainly gave us more of a game in the um, in the second half. Mm. It's, uh, we'll, we'll give a little bit of credit, only a little bit though. A little bit. And it's lucky that they came when they did because all those um, six finger gloves that the shop ordered wrong have now sold out to the uh, to the Basel fans, which is is marvellous. Um, <laughs> uh, right. So, we'll, we'll, uh, any other bits and bobs regarding the Barnsley, shall we say, Barnsley issue rather than Barnsley game? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't. What, what was your thought on the? Uh, I mean, first of all, great to see Jordan Road score. Shame it was the wrong Absolutely. end of the pitch. Um, but what were your thoughts <laughs> on that? Because you know, I've, I've kind of, I've watched it a few times. My mates have watched it a few times, and we're like, I can't. I, I don't know. Was there anything wrong with it? Is is there a clear foul there? Was that kind of like the referee just doing what referees sometimes do and just giving the benefit of the the doubt to the defending team? I'm choking this down to we've had so much crap off our referees over this yeah. season that when the people say that it all comes back around, that was our one that came back around because we've had some absolutely stinking decisions this season. So I think we're owed that one. I, I don't think there was much wrong with it, if I'm perfectly frank. Um, but uh, I'm not going to complain too much. I've tried very, very hard not to bemoan referees as much as we normally do this season because... Mm. In my personal opinion, we should be much, much higher than we are. And I know what Wednesday fans think the same. And we can't blame the referees for all of the matches. But when these things do start to even out, maybe that was one sort of side of the scale where things are starting to maybe just that little bit of look that we needed. And uh, yeah, it probably should have been. <laughs> but, but I'm not going to moan about it because we've had so much crap. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that something went our way for a change. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, um, Really thankful. I mean, can you imagine if we had have lost that game, like the, I think, yeah. the 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 you know the kind of the combined shit that our fan base would have lost, um, <laughs> would oh, it would have been absolutely it would have been insufferable. I mean, it was bad enough as it was. I kind of had to give myself a a twenty four hour ban off Twitter because um, I just I just couldn't couldn't cope with it. But can you imagine if we'd have lost? God, that'd been that'd have been awful. The thing I was most gutted about is um, because. We talked about this with Evan last week who came on from the Owls Americast um, and the chap that they talked to in, in California who watches the games at crazy o'clock in the morning there and then goes and jumps in the sea because he lives next to the <laughs> to the sea. He's got a beach at the bottom of his road. Um, and they'd kind of compared that you know, our equivalent of doing that is that all the Wednesday fans jump in the River Don. Um, so I was hoping that we'd win just to see if anyone actually did it and how quickly they would die if they jumped in the River Don. <laughs> It's not the cleanest of water. You don't watch football that much. <laughs> You'd much rather watch people die in the dawn. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, you, you've got a good view of it from like the, um, the 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 top deck of the Riverside Cafe. It'd have been perfect viewing platform. It'd been brilliant to, to watch it all. <laughs> it's a good point, I to bring up. I mean, obviously, I wasn't here last week, and 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 you go and replace me with an American, James. An American of all things. I mean, for goodness sake, we're supposed to be in vicious competition with these people now. When you go waving them around on the podcast, it's not on. It's, it's, by the well, time we've finished, they'll be chucking my tea in the don and things like that. You know what these Americans are like? 
I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm going to be you know upfront and honest about this. Obviously, we're getting towards January. I am angling for a January transfer to America. <laughs> um, now, you know, obviously, I'm hoping they're going to cover the costs of this uh, because <laughs> you know relocation, and everything will be quite expensive. Uh, but you know, I've got my agent working behind the scenes. We'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> I can hear him beaming away, Hopi. Um, <laughs> right, so uh, obviously Barnsley to bed, uh, done, it's dusted. To be honest, I think we were a little bit lucky to, to get a point from that one, which is depressing to say. Uh, but then came the Mumble game, and, and after Barnsley, I, I, I'm happy to admit I was a little bit worried about Millwall coming because it's another one of those teams that are... Uh, struggling a little bit or they have been they're not scored in five games or something ridiculous like that mm. and obviously the band come to Hillsborough and, and trounces aren't they uh, I'm, I'm quite glad that I wasn't on the podcast last week because it's when we say things like that that things tend to go wrong um, obviously listening into last week you did mention that uh, these are must win games and, and as soon as you said that I thought oh that's that then so let's get to the bookies and, and bet against us because we've said it on the podcast um, and I really was worried about this and and when the team came out again I did have my reservations um, because we've not seen Mr Box for a while and from what I can remember of him playing I, I, I was quite happy with him and I thought he was wonderful and, and and I was happy to see him on the team sheet um, and I was absolutely ecstatic that Mr Road was um starting as well i thought it was brilliant lovely to see uh i don't know if you thought the same were you ready for a freshen up when the team was announced there jay or were you a bit oh crikey yeah. here we go again no i think it was it was time and i think uh it was interesting actually how um uh, on on twitter through through the day and actually you know it's kind of starting on monday and and right through the day there was this kind of groundswell of people saying just got a feeling that roads will start tonight just got a feeling that roads will score tonight um, and it was it was weird. It was kind of like it wasn't a surprise at all to see Rhodes on the team sheet. It was almost as if everyone kind of just sort of knew, like secretly, like well, he's going to have to. Surely he's got to he's got to change things. Um, you know, Fletcher hasn't been playing badly at all, but he clearly he can't he still can't play ninety minutes, um, and he's he's not been he's not really been bagging much in terms of goals. So it was it was time to to change it. I think there were probably. Uh, some people that maybe wanted to see a couple more changes, um, but it was, you know, it was, it, it was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, reassuring maybe to see Leuven's back in the team after his suspension, because that kind of gives us that that bit of experience, that bit of leadership that we've been saying for ages that we've uh, been lacking. Um, and and to be fair, Glenn Leuven's is on my things to talk about off the back of the uh the Millwall game when we uh when we get to that um but yeah I, th- I thought that the changes were probably about right and when I saw the team I thought yeah this could be this could be interesting a couple of things that were really really nice whilst enjoying the game as well was Wallace I thought had a fantastic game Bannon was just Bannon-esque wasn't he especially the first half he was marvellous really really just when he's like that, he's unplayable. Love it, absolutely love it. Um, Butterfield, interesting that he just appeared. Obviously, we've seen him a few times, um, but I thought he had a decent game as well. Um, and one little thing that I, I was a little bit worried about was Mr. Palmer because I don't know why I'm always a little bit worried when I see Mr. Palmer, but I thought he, again, I thought he played quite well. 
talk to me about Mr. Pavanjay. Did, did you enjoy his performance? Yeah, he 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 played pretty well. Um, I don't think there was anyone that that had a a particularly bad game, with one possible exception. Um, I yeah, I thought mm. that um, I thought Reach really stood out as well. I mean, Bannon, man of the match by a country mile. Bannon was everywhere. He was superb. Um, and I don't I, whether it's something to do with playing with Putterfield that allowed him to kind of play differently I don't know because he he was literally everywhere you'd see him chasing down the keeper and then next thing he was back making a tackle in a, in our own area you know he was all over the pitch uh, and it was brilliant to see that you know Bannon was well up for it Reach I thought played played well uh, you know we kind of touched on it earlier didn't we this kind of Fox Reach partnership really worked uh, and I really hope that becomes something but but yeah Palmer was was bombing forward um, he, he kind of usual sort of thing which when he got into the final third and a couple of times he got into the penalty area and I thought you know you could almost see the blood coming out of his nose um, because he, <laughs> he, he, he he's he, uh, there really ought to work on that in training because he just panics he just doesn't seem to know what to do when he gets close to um, close to the goal uh, but yeah I, th- I thought he put in a pretty solid performance i mean there are serious liam palmer haters out there uh, yeah, and i heard a few that. a few people at the game what it didn't matter what he did they just want to slate him um and i think it's unfair because i think you know he put in a shift last night he put in a performance um and you know he was a a cog in the the wednesday machine that ultimately got three points and let's you know not flower this up in any way whatsoever uh tuesday night was about three points it didn't matter if it went in off the keeper's arse or what it just it was about <laughs> three points to stop the rot and stop this season not not big no, not the season dying off but actually the season turning into a disaster and us starting to really start to look over our shoulders we had to get those three points and and we did and, and palmer played um you know a pretty significant role in that He's one of those, we've probably said it a million times, but I want to love Liam Palmer because he's one of our own. It does drive me crazy that through commentary and when people are speaking about him, nobody calls him Palmer or Liam. We always call him Liam Palmer, which is weird. I don't know why. He's just one of these footballers that gets that name. And whenever anybody says Liam Palmer, the first thing that pops into my head is in Palmer. I don't know why. It just drives me insane. Um, but, um, yeah, really nice to see. Obviously, one of our own, all that kind of thing. Um on your list, Jay, you mentioned you got Lubens. Now, yeah. I, 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 am I going to think this is a good part of your list or a bad part of your list or a, a an indifferent part of your list? Um, right. I, I've, I, I've got to be really honest about this. I am concerned. All right. I, I I'm just worried that Lubens is just a bit gone. Um, and if you th- if you think about the fact, I mean, we scored early on on, on Tuesday night, and then we conceded after whatever, whatever it was. Was it twelve minutes? And it, it was, I, I, it, I mean, it was a Leuven's mistake, but it wasn't even like it was just it was just a moment of absolute madness. It was like it was one of the worst tackles I've ever seen. Um, and, and you think about the fact you know he got sent off after four minutes against Derby. So in effect, you know, in the space of sixty minutes, he's cost us two goals. Sixty minutes on the pitch. It's cost us two goals, um, and you know ultimately three points against Derby because we we're always going to be up against it after that. And I know that you know we we were we were pleased to see him come back into the team because we needed that leadership and we needed that experience. Uh, the problem is if from a defensive point of view he he just can't hack it anymore, then we've got to think again about 
about that and and how we cover off that leadership bit because and I I can't you know he, he did some good stuff in the rest of the Millwall game I can't hide the fact that every time the ball went near him I was worried I, I, and I expect him to make a mistake uh, and, and I love the guy to bits and you know what he's been an absolute rock for this club and in no way do I want it to seem like I'm just you know just slagging off Glenn Leuvens but I am concerned I'm worried that he's just at that point whereby you know he's his pace is 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 is, is obviously uh, an issue now. Whether or not he can keep up with um, some of the particularly the younger attackers that that he comes up against, uh, and let's be fair, Millwall were were, were pretty naff. They're, they're certainly nothing to write home about. Um, and I think that there were times where I just thought, I'm, I'm not sure if if Leuven's is not quite up to it against the Millwalls of the division. I, I don't know. Should should he be in that first team? Is there an argument to say that obviously these days we seem to be playing a pretty high defensive line? Now, Lovens, to me, comes into his own when he's he's thinking because he's a, he's a thinking man's footballer these days, isn't he? His his, his experience, um, not just with the ball, but especially when he's not got the ball, his positioning, everything is to me is is absolutely first class. I love him to bits. But when we're playing a high line and he's running backwards these days towards the goal, he he does struggle slightly. And it's to be expected. He's a he's a gentleman of a certain age these days, isn't he? Bless him. Yeah. And if his legs carried him a little bit quicker, it wouldn't be an issue, I don't think, in the slightest, because he's got such a wealth of experience. We've seen it time and time again. Um, we've tweeted out videos from from the TWcast sort of little snippets that don't get shown in the highlights and Leuven's always seems to be on those little snippets because he's fantastic at what he does when he's stationary he's brilliant <laughs> but when he's not quite as stationary he does seem to struggle a little bit doesn't he and it's it's heartbreaking to see it really is. it's like your, your favourite ratting terrier that all of a sudden He's ratted for you for years and years and years, and he's a champion ratter. And all of a sudden, he's getting a bit a little bit more in his snout than he should do. And um, he's, uh, he's he's coming on with scratches, and it didn't used to come on with scratches. And we love him to bits, but we really don't want to go to the barn and shoot him because we do love him so so much. So yeah. I don't think we're quite ready for shooting Lovins, shall we? But mm. I, I do understand your concerns. Um, maybe. Again, it's difficult to say. The thing is, we haven't really got a, a, a hugely significant alternative at the moment. I mean, Juice is going to be brilliant. I, I know he is. He's going to be a fantastic, fantastic player. But he needs time. And we haven't really got it at the minute, have we? we we've seen what happens when we've got Juice in at the minute. And he's, he's a fantastic... He's, he's kind of like the opposite to Lubbins, isn't he? He's brilliant with the ball at his feet. Um, but... He's like a puppy, and and he's just sort of jumping into people, and and he's he's not got absolutely fantastic when he does, but at the minute I, I can't see an alternative. That's the thing. I, I don't know what another option is. I, I, do you have one, Jay? Well, I'd, I mean, you know, we have a, a, a finite number of centre halves at the uh, the football club, don't we? I think I think you're right about um, JVA. I think that he has a huge amount of potential. Um, I wonder whether or not, you know, we all kind of bigged him up as the Messiah, didn't we? After his first couple of games, um, and then afterwards, I kind of thought, you know, is is he the new Messiah or is he actually? Um, you know the new um, Vincent Sasser. Uh, <laughs> he's very confident with the ball, but does seem to 
be a little lacking defensively sometimes. Now he's young, and I'm sure he'll he'll learn. And actually, I have a lot of faith in the um, in the lad. But I think this league is probably different to any other league in in Europe, really, in in, in terms of what kind of a skill set you need to to have. Um, but then you know we've got the it's almost like the elephant in the room, isn't it? That we've got this guy uh, Venencia who we uh, brought in. He was club captain at, at his old club. I can't I can't remember where we bought him from. Somewhere in Portugal, wasn't it? Um, and you know I accept the fact that he's on loan with us now. You know, I'm, I'm not the idea of maybe taking someone on loan and making them captain of your team is, is, is would seem a silly thing to do. But as far as I understand it, we do have an option to buy him at the end of the season. Um, so you know he was the, the club captain of his previous club. You know this is a guy who is clearly naturally has leadership abilities and experience of being a leader. He may be a rubbish defender, I don't know, um, but I, you, you, a few people have, have kind of just started questioning, haven't they? Just saying it's a bit strange that we you know we brought this guy in and we've not seen him play even a minute of football yet, and, and you know more often than not now he's not even making it onto the bench. Um, you know, is is there something there? Could he be someone that we can look at and think, right, okay, we need a central defender who's also got um, obvious leadership qualities, which we've got to be fair, Tom Lee's great defender, he's not a leader and we know that and we keep persevering with Tom Lee's as captain and at some point someone's going to have to say, hang on a minute, that is not the answer. He's not going to be, he's not the club captain of tomorrow. It doesn't, it just doesn't work. He doesn't, I don't think he likes it um, and he's, he's certainly not, you know, that's, that's not what he's about. So, you know, are we missing a trick really by not entertaining Venencia as an idea? Maybe he will be the Sasso of next season, if you like. Obviously, it, it kind of like, obviously, with him being on loan, Carlos is keeping an eye on him in training, doing what he's doing. Maybe next season, Lubens will take a, a back seat, shall we say, um, and Juste might be ready to, to, to take his place. And then this chap will become the new Sasso. Um, but that's great. It's It's wonderful forward planning. But we need something now. And, I mean, fingers crossed, we're completely wrong about Lubens and he's just had a poor few games. And then, obviously, against um, Villarreal come and he'll just stop everything that comes anywhere near him. And, I, God, I hope that's true. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to keep my glass half while I really am. And then this conversation will be utterly pointless. Um, but, yeah, it's it's difficult at the moment. Obviously, there's the hutch element of it, but... We we know what happens when Hutch goes to centre back. Everything else goes to pot, doesn't it? It's 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 crap and it's awful. Is that a realistic option? Do you think Hutch being there? I, d- I don't know. I mean, you've got you've got two issues with Hutch, aren't you? First of all, you know, we, whenever he's not playing as a holding midfielder, we miss him, uh, and I don't think that there's any coincidence about the fact that we've been you know leaking goals uh, since Sam Hutchinson's not really been in the team. Um, the other thing as well is that is can, can we pin our hopes on someone whose fitness record is is pretty dubious i mean fair enough we've done that with Lubens, <laughs> who's probably got as dubious a, a fitness record as um as hutchinson has uh but if we're talking about what what we're talking about really is that we need a central defensive partnership that we can build the team around uh, who know each other, who've got a great understanding, who are in the team week in, week out. You know, they are positions that you don't mess about with. You don't um you don't rotate your centre backs. They need to be able to they need to know each other better than they know themselves, basically. Um and can you build that around Hutch? We've said before, haven't we, about the fact that you just you can't 
Hutch is, is basically part of the backbone of the team, but you've got to assume that he's actually never going to play. And then when he does, it's a it's a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's odd because uh, the the chap that did the the interview with um, with Juiced, I apologise. What was his name? Jay. I've come it's completely uh, gone out of my head. Mike. Mike, that's the fella. Um, I did, obviously, I assume that you watched the interview, uh, Jay. Yeah, it was yeah. a cracking bit of interview as well. I suggest anybody uh, that's listening to this now stop this. Go on, listen to that. Come back. Um, uh, and you, it was actually asked a question: uh, Would you consider a sort of a defensive midfield role because apparently when he was a, a younger chap I don't know how younger he could have been he's not exactly a, an old head at the moment is he that's where he used to play and he essentially poo-pooed the idea um, saying it's a completely different element to the game and, and he's, he likes playing centre-back so if that's what the chap wants to do then fair play just please do it quickly and it does seem that Lubens has sort of taken him under his wing um, according to that interview as well he's, he's shown around this, this city and um, he says he enjoys it because there's a lot of young people here the randy little sod um, so uh, he seems to be enjoying his time and obviously he's got Lubens to, to look after him and uh, let's just hope Lubens imparts some of his, his worldly footballing knowledge onto him rather than his worldly Sheffield City knowledge on him as well um, <laughs> but yeah I mean the other... I, I often see Glenn Lubens eating in restaurants very close to where I live he clearly has impeccable taste when it comes to Sheffield <laughs> Martha's chippy it's grand, get the chips from here um, <laughs> um, yes, uh, obviously we, we sort of brushed over it earlier slightly, Fox, I would like to see him there against Villa as well I really really would, I want to see Fox, I want to see um, Reach I, I can't understand why that would change at the moment, especially after... I, I know, again, I don't mean to be disrespectful to those filthy, non-moist, chippy-eating mother chuffers down south. It was only Millwall. But I really would like to see that, that again. I, can you say any reason why that would change? Uh, honestly, the only reason that I can give you is uh, it's the Carlos way. That's kind of what he does. <laughs> And I, I, you know, I don't. I've never really understood why you, you get players that that play quite well, and then they just find themselves out of the team. And I think sometimes he doesn't necessarily make judgments on team selection based on who played well in the last game. It's about who he thinks is most rested or something. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't really follow it. As we said, Fox played well against Derby, then got dropped against Barnsley, and then came back into the team uh, against Millwall, which just seemed very odd. Um, so yeah, I, I really hope that he, he sticks with it. I hope he sticks with that back four. To be fair, as as much as I am concerned about Leuven's keeping chopping and changing things, I'm not I'm not sure that that's really the answer. I'm not sure we've actually got a better option at the moment to um, to, to to play at centre half. So I see no reason to change that. And he, he I, I really hope now that Reach gets a, a good run playing in that that more attacking uh, winger role. And doesn't get kind of moved about uh, here, there, and everywhere, and that is allowed to. We, we've we've kind of seen, haven't we, in the last two or three games now, the the real potential that Reach has got, and he's he's just got to be allowed now to really develop that and to develop an understanding with someone on that on that wing. Uh, and he seems to be coming into his own a little bit. He's, he's actually probably across the season been our most consistent player, um, poss possibly just behind Bannon. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's high tide that he gets a good run now. Absolutely, I mean, we should try to offer some sort of actual analysis about about the uh, the Millwall game as well. Which I mean, the football played was brilliant. Uh, we we should have put this 
game to bed a long time before we did. I, I can't stress enough how much I think this was such an important game for Jordan Rose, getting that goal. Yeah. Uh, the celebration was great. The photos after of the celebration, to me, that just looked like a chap that had a massive weight lifted off his shoulders, didn't he? Because we've seen him miss some absolute nonsense, haven't we, um, over the last couple of weeks. And, and it, it's been difficult. But... I, oh, I was just so happy for him. I mean, it was a crack. It was a typical Jordan Rolls goal, wasn't it? He, he, he's sort of very around the box. He comes in and, and there he is. Nobody around him. Christ knows how he does it. I don't know. But now he's done it. I just I just hope that's it. The floodgates have opened. I hope he gets a run. I really want to see him. And I really want to turn down those chuffing boards a little bit more because the photos, he was all red on the photos as well, wasn't he? Uh, but do, do you think we're going to see a bit more, a bit more roads? I really, really want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of hope so. I mean, it's it, it, it's a, it's a slightly awkward one, really, isn't it? Because you kind of think that Rhodes would probably play better off Fletcher, uh, because you know Fletcher's that that kind of you know target man who will hold stuff off, feed it to to, to Rhodes, or feed it to someone on the wing who can whip the ball in, and Rhodes will finish it. Um, uh, but then you you wouldn't want to not play. Hooper, but last night there were times where I just thought, is is a Hooper Rhodes partnership? Is it going to work? Are they a little bit too similar? Do they need someone else kind of up there with them? It it, it did all right uh, on Tuesday night. Um, I thought I actually thought Rhodes played all right, and there's been a few people saying that he didn't play very well, but he got the goal. That's all that matters. I thought I thought he did all right, um, but I yeah, I've, I've a bit of a reservation about whether or not. If we're going to go down the route of Hooper and Rhodes together, is it uh, is it the right combination of styles of forward players? I don't know. But then last night we seemed a bit more willing to to play the ball on the wing. We seemed a bit more willing to whip the ball into the box. And if we're going to do that, Jordan Rhodes is going to score goals. Um, but that's traditionally not how we've played. We've tended to play quite narrow, haven't we? Um, and and I, I thought last night also. Um, kind of highlighted uh, a, a bit of an issue with regards to the fact that we, we were talking about was Kieran Lee dropped or was he rested? Because he'd um, obviously since been out injured, he came straight back into the first team. And I don't think he's missed a, a, a minute of a game since then. I think he's, he's started every game, he's played every game um, since he came back from injury. So maybe he was ready for a rest. Um, although maybe... We find ourselves now in a situation not dissimilar to the old... Uh, you remember the old Gerard Lampard issue for England? <laughs> Are Bannon and Lee too similar to be on the pitch at the same time? Because I, uh... Bannon seemed to play better without Kieran Lee there last night because it gave him the freedom to do what Kieran Lee does, I guess, which is run around and do whatever he wants to do. Uh, which he can't do when Lee's on the pitch. Um, and similarly, you know, maybe if Lee was on the pitch and, you know, he'd got kind of, you know, the, the Hutch figure or whoever behind him, you know, a, a more solid uh, defensive-minded midfielder behind him, that gives him a little bit more freedom to do what he does really well. Is, is, playing, is persevering with playing the two of them together actually causing ourselves part of the problem? When Lee came back, I mean, we we saw the difference when he was in the team. 
Uh, did we have the option of Butterfield back then? I don't think we did, did we? Um, I don't. I don't think we. Uh, I don't think we did. And you're quite right. But if you remember, no. like previously, when when Kieran Lee's, you know, had he's had very long runs in the team. It's always been when generally when Hutch has been playing in that defensive midfield role. Yeah. And yeah, right. um, when generally, actually, we've tended to play with one up front, haven't we? A one out and out striker. So you'd have kind of Fessy uh, on one side, Wallace on the other, and um, and then you know Lee Bannon um, and Hutch kind of doing their thing in in midfield. Um, it, it's kind of worth noting that in in the games when obviously Hutch hasn't been there and and, and Kieran Lee's been in, we've been losing games. You know, it's not like it was last season, the season before. You know, we have actually been losing games. So th- there's maybe some some hard decisions to be made there about whether or not we can, with the team as it is now, with the players that we've got available to us now, can we play Lee and Bannon in the same team? And I mean, I, I would feel a huge amount of sympathy to Carlos if he had to be the person that did make the call about which one of Bannon and Lee do you play because they are exceptional footballers with a huge amount of skill, a huge amount of talent. How you would pick between them, I don't know. Um, but I just wonder whether or not actually he, he maybe did the right thing by trying last night without Lee and Bannon on the pitch at the same time. And you'd have to say that it worked. Mm. No, you, you're quite... I mean, the other sort of element that has changed and we haven't been winning gold at games, should I say, is uh, New Who hasn't been on the bench, has he? So clearly that's why we've been losing all these games because... We've had nobody to sort it out at the end. Um... <laughs> I, I, had, I hadn't noticed, I'll not lie. <laughs> Do you check the stats. I'm sure there's probably somebody out there that will and prove me utterly wrong. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I enjoyed last night's game. I, I did get a little bit worried towards the end. Um, I saw a wonderful stat from uh, from Dom Housen, of all people, um, saying that um, we've not lost um, a game um, on... Halloween since something ridiculous like 1953. So it does seem to be a rather lucky day for us as well. It's, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, any other sort of bits and bobs regarding the actual game itself, uh, Jay? Uh, well, I mean, the most significant thing of the um, of the night was the return of Belgian Blue at the Riverside Cafe, uh, which made <laughs> enjoyment of the match um, I mean, increased probably tenfold uh, with the uh, availability of um, uh, Belgium, Belgium Blue before the game. So that was the most important Is thing. About it. We wasted 20 minutes talking about the game. Uh, that didn't really matter. <laughs> it, was, it was about the beer. Welcome to the Belgium Blue podcast. Um, yes. I bet there's not another one of those chuffers. If anybody else follows that one, they will be in trouble. Um, <laughs> uh, the other sort of element of last night's game was kicking off towards the cop as well, which is obviously mm. something that doesn't happen very often. And, and we saw the start that happened. Do you think it's beneficial? I know it sounds silly. To, to get no, this good I... start that we've all been craving. I hate it. Well, it was it, it was same against Barnsley, wasn't it? It's, that was two games in a row where uh, we've played the opposite way round. Um, I I hate it. I, uh, I this is something that I've done since the nineties. That whenever we do, when, whenever the other team wins the toss and switches ends, I I boo. I can't not do. I hate it. I really hate it. Um, and <laughs> I I don't know why. I mean, it's daft really because you you kind of think the second half is more important, isn't it? 
the second half is when you want to see the the winning goal. And I I sit like you're quite far along the north end towards Lepping's Lane. Therefore, kicking towards that end of the second half is better for me because I you know I see more clearly what's what's going on and hopefully you know see the the really important goals down at at that end. But I just I can't stand it. I really don't like it. And uh, this, this is now an appeal to uh, the captains of all clubs in the championship. If you come to Hillsborough and win the toss, don't do that. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Is there, is there a thing vice versa? Though? Because obviously, second half, if the other team are kicking towards uh, Presto, Lepin's Lane, whatever you want to call it these days, um, they could also, I know Warnock enjoys um, sort of kicking towards the end second half because he's kicking towards his fans, isn't he? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's it, one of those silly little things that, that can have ever so, can it have a big difference on a football match, I think. Yeah, probably. Or am not. I just again just talking probably, nonsense? Probably not. I th- it was probably more significant in the days when there was an actual slope on the pitch. Uh, which obviously went, didn't it? When we Absolutely. had a new pitch laid, they uh, they levelled it, they levelled it out. So there's no kind of kicking uphill in the second half to to worry about now, which is probably where the whole thing stemmed from. Really, um, it, it probably doesn't make that much difference. It probably doesn't make that much difference, uh, other than psychologically. You know, it's like yeah. it's like when they got rid of the blue and white nets, and I knew we weren't going to win games. Uh, you know, <laughs> same whenever whenever we lose the toss and we switch ends, I'm just convinced that. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do it. Whether you're celebrating a birthday, a wedding, or anniversary, maybe you've passed your driving test, or you've landed a new job. Well, whatever your reason for a party, the Riverside Cafe is the perfect location on Catch Bar Lane overlooking Hillsborough Stadium. To inquire about hiring us for your function, call 07989 856 054 or 0114 232 6121. Now, we have been waffling quite a lot about the actual football tonight, Jay. Um, a, because it's on the menu and um, we can actually have a, a proper chat about football. Not that the Japs and Chapettes can't. Um, but there's very little else to discuss, isn't there, Jay? Um, the actual Wednesday news, again, boils down to the sizes of the new kit are a bit off. And that's about it, isn't it? There's no real other Wednesday news for this week. And I don't want to really sort of dig into another discussion about kits because it's boring the living chuff out of me, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, is there anything else that I'm missing? I'm sure there's people screaming at their radios. Radios. Um, I devices or other podcasting things are available. Um, but there's chuff all else, is there? There really isn't. Uh, no, there isn't a lot happening at the moment. Um, it is, yeah, all yeah, all quiet. Really, um, so the thing is, if we were a different um, podcast, if we were, I'll start would do a movie review. If we were, um, obviously, uh, Americans, we'd talk to American fan about how they became a Wednesday fan. Um, but we can't really do that either. If we were the star, we'd just stop doing podcasts because they've just got bored of it, apparently. Um, <laughs> we've got chop all else to talk about. Uh, we could have a little chat about how disgusted we are in these sizes, and we could have a little chat about how excited you are to see the third kick. Because apparently, we're playing that uh, in that against Villa, are we? Jay? Oh, we are, apparently, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. The, the, the official, the way the first it was, hopefully, which made it sound like they've not <laughs> actually arrived yet. They're not quite <laughs> sure when they're going to come, but you know, fingers crossed. It might be um, it might be a, a socks and pants job, if not. 
<laughs> are you excited to see the new kit? Because I must admit, I, 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 again, I'm a grown man. I probably shouldn't get excited about these sorts of things. But I really am. I mean, this this chap that won this competition to to produce this kit, he must be chomping at the bit to see it played in because there was a time I just didn't think we were going to see it at all. Uh, I, I'd second that. I'd kind of given up on it, to be honest. Um, I thought that they'd uh, conveniently brushed it under the carpet and just thought, well, let's just concentrate on getting one kit sorted uh and, f- and just forget about that one um so am i looking forward to seeing it yeah i guess so i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not hugely into kits you know it doesn't it doesn't really you know, to, to kind of put into context how how um unseriously i take uh kits um the last football shirt that i bought which was relatively recently uh, was uh, the germany 1990 away shirt <laughs> which I know there are people that would probably uh have me murdered for that. Um so yeah, I'm not I'm not big into um big into Wednesday kits and stuff like that. That said, I think it it was a really nice design and it's great that they did it and it will be interesting to 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 see it out there. So yeah, I'm yeah, I'm looking mm, forward awesome. to it. You obviously you forget um, the fact I mean- that that I, I get to Birmingham half past nine on Saturday morning, uh, so I won't actually see it. It'll be there, they'll be wearing it in front of me. I will not actually see it. It doesn't matter which way they're kicking against Villa because it's not going to matter in the slightest, is it, Jay? It'll just be a lovely no. blur happening in front of you. It's, it's just the they'll only difference Belgium being it'll, it'll be a white blur rather than a blue blur, you know. That'll, that'll be the difference. <laughs> Uh, right, so on to the actual Villa game itself. Now, um, obviously, we have been playing lower teams, shall we say, which we always do worry about because we say things like we should be beating these. Villa are playing rather well this season, um, but uh, we do tend to play better against teams higher up the table, don't we? Um, I don't know what to think about this one because Villa are a bit of an unknown entity at the moment. They should be doing better than what they are. That obviously their owner is utterly insane and he's bought uh, allegedly um, they've spent a lot of money on that football team and they should be doing better hopefully we're going to see the, the Sheffield Wednesday that uh, can, can match him and, and really do a job on him and I'll, I'll tell you what if they do to me that's our season fully turned around thank you very much Millwall you've helped us sort of get back on his feet but if we win this one I'm back on the promotion train I really am uh, it's a big if isn't it yeah, they're. Um, I think that they've won again this evening as we record the podcast down Wednesday yeah. evening. They've won at uh, Preston, who I don't think have lost at home this season and have been in extremely good form. Mm. Uh, so you know that's that's a pretty good victory that to go there and do that. So as much as I don't obviously look at the league table before Christmas, that does put Villa up to fifth. Um, so kind of people say, oh, you know, they're underachieving. They're not doing as well as they should be. Well, that's not bad, actually, for this time of the season. We'd probably swap places with them right now, wouldn't we, if someone gave us the opportunity. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it isn't going to be an easy game. I, I I still don't really buy this sort of, like, we play better against good teams thing because that applied last season. Really? I think this season it's uh, a load of nonsense that people just keep peddling because we said it last season. Um, but it's is a game that we can go into without any pressure, if that makes sense. Uh, even though, I, just, I mean, the fact that we only drew against Barnsley means we we kind of really do need to go there and get a result. 
um, to if we if we are serious about turning this season around, we've we've really got to go there and get three points, haven't we? Which is a, a tall order. So there's there is pressure, but there's not. You know, we're not expecting to go there uh, and and beat them. So it will be the first game for a little while that we've played without kind of a, an expectation on our on our shoulders. And it'll be interesting to see how the team adapt to it. You know, uh, you, you would see little reason to change things too much from the, the the team that played on Tuesday night. It's back to the old kind of Carlos Bingo thing. We just don't know. He, he may he may change it back to the team that played against Barnsley. For all we know, we we we, we don't know. Um, but you know, I hope that that Rhodes gets the chance to to carry on. Um, and, and and hopefully you know bag a, another goal or two on um, on Saturday, um, and I'd, I'd actually be tempted to stick with the midfield as it as it was, and I know that the Butterfield has become you know the new the the reach of last season, uh, where every everyone every Wednesday <laughs> fans decided he's crap, he's rubbish, it's the worst business we've ever done. <laughs> Uh, he should never be a professional footballer. Uh, it's almost as if it's his fault that he got swapped for Winnall. Like I don't think that he had a great part to play in negotiating that swap deal. He just signed a contract. Well, you never know. Um, so um, you know, I, I I hope that we um, that we stand by him because it seemed that Bannon kind of thrived on playing alongside him. So you know, we know that Bannon will be up for it. Um, it's his old club, and um, yeah, you know, let's stick with the same team and let's give him a chance to go out and get another three points. I was trying to sort of sneak through the podcast without mentioning Mr. Winall, but it has to be said, he's he's having a lovely time over there at the moment, isn't he? As he's, he's, he's got two... I mean, oh. Apparently, I, I, I've not been... Uh, the strange thing happens when Wednesday aren't doing very well is I, I kind of, I don't pay as much attention to the rest of football. I kind of, I go to the game and then I, I sort of switch myself off from it a little bit. So uh, I've not really been following. However, uh, I think there's been probably more said about Sam Winnall on the SWFC hashtag over the last 48, 72 hours than there has been about actual Sheffield Wednesday players. Actual Sheffield Wednesday players who are playing for Sheffield Wednesday at the moment. Um, so, you know, he's gone for the season. Forget about him. It, it, it's completely and utterly irrelevant. And I, if I'm honest, um, I couldn't really give a toss what he's getting up to at Derby, other than the fact that, you know, while every scoring goals for them, then that would surely mean that there is more chance that at the end of the season he'll come back to us and that we won't sell him. And, um, you know, hopefully he'll score those goals for us next season. Absolutely. I mean, really, and I'm going to sort of give a plug to one of our evil competitors um, while they're busy watching films. Uh, but there's, there's a wonderful, wonderful page on Owl's Talk um, by a chap, and I apologise, I can't remember the chap's name, um, which is quite simply called Lone Watch. And he keeps an eye on a lot of, obviously not just the Sam Winnells of the world, but the, uh, the younger chaps as well um, out there on loan. Um, so if you do want to see what's happening with a lot of those chaps, pop over to Owl's Talk. And and have a little look at that thread because it's a cracking little thread. Um, really, really, it's good. Uh, so I, I don't want to read it out because I feel like I'm sort of stealing bits and bobs from Al's talk, and we'd always be doing that. Um, but yes, it is something I do keep a little eye over there as well. So yeah, fantastic. Um, Jay, do you have any other little bits for this evening? I've got nothing. I've got it's absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, Shall and we, I've been racking for the last hour. Side. I've been racking my brains thinking I've got to cope with something. Um, uh, uh, no, I can't. I can't think of. Can't think of. Yeah, may, maybe what you said earlier. Were, were the uh, advertising boards still a little bit too bright? Oh, no one cares. Uh, yeah, no, I've got I nothing. Do. 
Jordan Rose looks like he was on a tanning bed on those photos, and so did the rest of the team. Um, and I don't see photos of Jordan Rose looking relieved with a big red face. I want to see a nice, normal coloured face with a nice blue shirt. And, and I'm not having it, and I won't have it, and I just want something to moan about, because I've had very little to moan about this week as well. Um, <laughs> well, ladies and gents, I'm afraid that's going to bring us to an end of this week's podcast, because quite simply, we've got chuff all else to talk about. Um... James, if people want to do find you over there on the Twitterage, where can we do that, Obi? Yeah, on Twitter, I am at James Marriott. And uh, as I say, arriving into Birmingham sometime around half past nine, I believe, on uh, Saturday. So um, ho- hopefully some amusing, mildly tipsy tweeting will be going on. That's a good phrase. I like that. Tipsy tweeting. Mildly tipsy. That's all right. That I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, it's good that tipsy, <laughs> tipsy tweeting. Which uh, ironically, I I'll not be able your, to. Um... I'll not be able to say it when I've had a few beers. But, yeah, <laughs> Is, we be able to see the sights of Birmingham while there because obviously there's there's a lot to see. There's a bull with some rings in his nose or something. Is that Birmingham? I'm in the wrong place there. Um, <laughs> the industrial north, bless him. Um, of course, if you'd like to find me over there on the Twitter, you can do that at Lord Hates. That's L zero R D underscore H. You can get all the podcasts at T W W Cast. Do visit us on Facebook and do have a little nosy at our YouTube channel as well. Of course, there's always a website. And if you are struggling with shirt sizes in the Sheffield Wednesday shop, there is a rather lovely T-shirt area over there. Which we don't actually plug our merch, do we, Jay? Um, should we be doing that? Are we not very good businessmen? Do we actually run a business, or do we just? It's about the things because we think it's yeah. funny. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not really our thing, is it? Not really what we do. No, we, but there is, not there is stuff that. online. There is stuff online. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, if if you're interested in uh, purchasing the Germany 1990 away shirt, <laughs> uh, drop me a DM on Twitter and um, I'll I'll tell you where I got it from. Never mind all that. Go and buy Sheffield Wednesday. No, not Sheffield Wednesday merchandise. Go and buy TWW merchandise, which has wonderful, hilarious slogans on. And if anybody does and tweets a picture, I will give them a hearty handshake one day when I see them in the T-shirt. I'm, we're really bad at this, aren't we, Jay? We're not really good at commerce at all. <laughs> We'd be terrible. I, I would have thought that was enough to put someone off buying a yeah. T-shirt. <laughs> this crazy guy in a top hat chasing you, um, chasing you around. <laughs> Um, do you, oh, that's one do, thing. Yeah, I, 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 we just had exactly the same thought at the same time, yes, there, didn't we? we? Did. <laughs> you, I'll let you know, Jay. Um, so um, the we've talked before about the uh, Lego Hillsborough project, uh, which is uh, primarily a guy. I think it's a guy and, and his family who are building this uh, replica of Hillsborough entirely out of Lego, uh, and it's brilliant. It's a really good project. Uh, it's on uh, Twitter at, I think it's just at Lego Hillsborough. Yeah. Uh, but um, this week they've launched a competition which is all centred around a certain lord. Uh, and there's a picture of the Lego crowd inside the north stand of Lego Hillsborough. Uh, and you have to spot the Lego version of Lord Hillsborough uh, within the crowd. It took me ages, but I did manage to find you. I don't think I'm allowed to enter. I don't think I'm allowed to enter. Uh, but um, so it'd be your chance to win kind of your own version of uh, a, a Lego figurine wearing 
uh, Wednesday shirt and also support what is a, uh, a very alternative, very different, but really good, unique project. Absolutely. And I think it was very lovely of the chap to, to actually ask if he could use somebody in the top hat because apparently jay we we now own the the rights for people wearing top hats which is brilliant um but no i think what the chap's done in lego is amazing uh it's clearly is a lego artiste and i do hope he is doing it with his family because if this is some chap at home lego in fair play to him by all means but oh um and i wish i could i tell you what if i had lots of lego bricks right here right now i would start building hillsborough um but yes go and have a little nosy because it, it, it really is fantastic uh he, he put a tweet out a couple of weeks ago and i don't know if it was intentional or not but the the people that he put the tweet out of the lego people looked really like jay and vic it was quite scary actually um right then ladies and gents that's going to bring us to an end of this week's proceedings thank you so so much for joining us uh be good be safe and we'll see you real soon It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.